Who created the box? Who coined this term and when? Why was it even created? Who owns it now? If you want to find out answers to all of these questions, do tune in to this episode of Being DevOps. This is your host Gaurav Shah, the founder at School of DevOps, and this episode is sponsored by folks like you who have subscribed to my courses on www.schooloftevops.com, Udemy, edX, Linux Foundation, and many other platforms. Thank you for tuning in, and let's begin with the DevOps story. To tell you the story of DevOps, at least how I saw it, I am going to take you back to the year of 2007. Now that was the time when I was part of an operations team for a Silicon Valley based startup. Now I was not only responsible for managing the you know the op- application operations, the database uh, databases as well. Uh, we were also responsible for managing the releases. What that means is we were the guys who would cut out the release. So the developers would work on the new features. Uh, they would, you know, once it is all done, they would, sh- uh, you know, store it in the um, uh, repository. They would cut out a release or tag a release, and we would take that and we would th- be the ones who would deploy that. So we were the release engineers, we were the operations guys, and uh, this was I'm talking about in 2007. Now let's look at how the world looked like in 2007, and how the entire DevOps uh, why uh, why DevOps was created. Uh, you know, this, that discussion originated there because by 2007, developers had already moved to agile practices. They were in position to create the features rapidly. Uh, the startup that I worked for, we had a release cycle of every two weeks. We had a, you know, a bi-weekly release cycle. So every two weeks, we would release out a product to the world. However, the way releases were done, you know, uh, I still remember vividly of uh, the release days we had, right? I would be, you know, um, sometimes I would be the one who would cut out the release from India. Uh, sometimes it would be my colleague in the US who would do that. So we would be on call. And not only us from the ops, we would also put some of the critical engineers who had, you know, some of the main features going out to that release uh, on call as well. And like mostly it would go out fine with maybe with the minor issues, but there would be times when we would have to call a lot of engineers, get things fixed, sometimes uh, roll it back as well, and then maybe do it on the weekends. And we would always do the releases over the weekends because that was our least traffic hour. Uh, there was tension in the air. There would be a lot of drama. And, um, you know, it was it was like a thriller movie. And we were always, you know, we were not sure what would happen next. One of the reasons why we're not sure what ha- would happen next was uh, we as operations engineers did not have the visibility into the product. You know, what features the developers are writing and what what are the changes exactly went to that uh, into that release. We, we didn't have an exact idea of that. So it looked like, you know, the you know, they're throwing out these uh, the software uh, over the invisible wall of sorts. And that was one of the reasons for the friction between the developers uh, on the other side and the operations folks that we were we were the other side of operations was we were responsible for managing infrastructure 
the servers and the applications running on top of those. And we had a pretty small team managing uh, a pretty decent sized infrastructure with, with few thousand servers and the application databases running on those. Now, the way we managed infrastructure before, this is again pre-DevOps era I'm talking about. One side of that was the release management, which was you know a, a what I just described. The other side was the infrastructure management. Uh, infrastructure management was done mostly ad in an ad hoc way. Now we were experts at Linux systems. Uh, we knew scripting well. We even knew those one-liners, really cool one-liners. And um, you know, uh, whenever there would be issues or whenever we wanted to um, do some tasks, we would log into some server remotely, and um, you know, perform that task there or add a fix somewhere or maybe you know, um, install a new application, change the configuration, do the change management. All of this was done in an ad hoc in a non-centralized, decentralized way. And uh, there was a chaos. Uh, there was a lot of inconsistency because nobody knew for sure what is the exact state of a particular server that we are running in our data centers. Uh, that is how the infrastructure management looked like. And we are talking about 2007. Somewhere in 2008 was when I came across my first DevOps technology. Again, this was a time when even DevOps was not coined, but you know, what came to be a, one of the prominent DevOps technology, it sounded funny at that point of time. Uh, the name of the tool was Puppet. It was, you know, um, even though it sounded funny, uh, it was pretty cool. It was quite popular in the open source world at that point of time. And, um, you know, it was picked up by Google. So there was, um, you know, sort of an aura around that tool. And uh, we started um, considering that because you know, it solved some problems, real problems for us. One of the problems it solved immediately for us was managing um, these servers and bringing consistency to it, bringing consistency to the configuration management approach, because we no more had to log into some server remotely and uh, do things. Instead of that, we could actually, you know, um, push changes to one centralized location. And from there, all the servers automatically and magically would pick up those changes. That was really cool. Uh, and the second thing that grabbed our attention was it was much simpler because even though we were experts at the scripts, we were essentially taking that procedural approach. We were spending a lot of time on how to do things instead of, instead of that rather puppet offered us a simple declarative uh, code or um, approach or interface to define the state of our infrastructure. So we moved away rather than focusing on what and writing the procedure, thousands of lines of code for that, we could now declare the state of the infrastructure and focus on what we want. That was a complete change in the paradigm, the way we would you know, manage the infrastructure. And um, you know, now we could actually define the state of the infrastructure like, oh, I want this package to be installed. I want this service to be owned by this particular user. I want this file to be in this state with this, these permissions and these users and so on. Uh, that was much simpler. And not only it was simpler to write that code, we could actually store it in the repositories that developers would use so far you know, the systems like Git and SVN at that point of time. And we could share the code with others, uh, my colleagues, um, you know, operations from the ops teams. And every one of us got a visibility into what was going on. And that was the, you know, sort of a mind blowing idea for us at that point of time. And we started implementing DevOps 
with the first technology that was uh, Puppet. Now, again, this was before DevOps as a term was coined, which happened one year later in 2009. I'm coming to that story because in 2008, uh, at you know, in some other part of the world, in uh, Toronto, Canada, there was this Agile conference um, going on. There was the Agile conference Canada. And one guy, one Belgian guy was talking about and he presented a paper on how infra agile are you? Essentially, what he was talking about was, hey, um, you know, how can you make your infrastructure or operations practices agile as well and catch up with the development basically the speed at which they were developing um, now you know uh, this was the agile conference you need to understand this right and agile at that point was only for the developers so mainly attended by the developers so not a lot of people got interested into what he had to say um, you know in fact patrick in uh, that conference had organized a birds of feeder session a birds of feeder session is typically, um, you know, um, an informal session in a formal conference where you announce a session. If there are enough people interested, they would come uh, together and talk about something. Now, this birds of feeder session about infrastructure agility, um, you know, uh, not a lot of people got interested into it. Not a bit of not a lot of people signed in, uh, signed up. So um, this session, in fact, uh, Nobody attended it, including Patrick Dubois, because of this, um, you know, um, uh, not a lot of interest, but for one person by name, Andrew Clay Sheffer. Now, Andrew was so excited about this session and this topic that he actually, even though the session did not happen, he uh, went ahead, searched for Patrick Dubois in the conference, and they started or uh, struck with this conversation. And they, what they came up with was agile infrastructure group system admins group now uh, nothing of significance happened in 2008 but if you skip to skip forward to 2009 uh, there was a velocity conference happening in united states and um, there was a team from flickr who spoke about 10 plus deploys how could how did they achieve 10 plus deploys a day by bringing their operations and developers teams together 10 plus deploys a day today it sounds like nothing because a lot of organizations are already doing you know many more thousands of deploys a day is a norm today for some of the organizations and 10 plus is you know just a no, you know a, a really not very significant but in 2009 imagine this time when you know um, 10 plus deploys a day was just you know awesome it was beyond awesome because even for a small startup like I worked for, doing a bi-weekly release was an awesome thing. You know, we, we thought that we are moving really fast with all these new features and so on. And here were guys talking about 10 plus deploys a day. And that happened in Velocity Conference, the team from Flickr. And it was being watched by, you know, other side of the world in Ghent, Belgium. Patrick Dubois was watching this online. And that's when, you know, he probably got very excited because, you know, he probably would have thought, hey, this is exactly what I was saying last year. And then he started that conversation again. This time it generated a lot of interest because people were already excited with, you know, how could uh, you achieve 10 plus deploys a day? You know, how do you bring the developer and operations team together? And that conversation started at that point of time in 2009. So Patrick announced a DevOps days conference that year. And uh, that's where this conversation really start. 
um, you know, started. Uh, so people started talking about, hey, how, what are the practices that you could use? It was mainly about reverse engineering, you know, successful organizations and how they are able to achieve that, those kind of results and talking about the practices, automation, uh, the culture, you know, and anything else that um, they thought uh, would be useful. And this was by practitioners for the benefit of practitioners. There were no vendors at that point of time. Um, it was a simple community movement and it actually, you know, uh, uh, blown, um, you know, uh, bloomed into uh, uh, internet discussion forums on the internet discussion forums such as Twitter, which was very popular at that point of time. So DevOps days was what or uh, was where this conversation started. Now, when you talk about, you know, discussing on internet at that point of time, Twitter was very popular. And you might be already aware that Twitter has, um, you know, a limit of 140 characters. Now, since there is this constraint of uh, the number of words that you could, you know, um, use in Twitter, um, constraint on the real estate on Twitter, really. So DevOps days became DevOps. The hashtag became DevOps, hash DevOps. And that was when this term DevOps was coined. So when was it coined? It was in 2009. Who coined it? Well, since Patrick Dubois was the person who started this conversation, he organized this event um, and started talking about it. Uh, the word DevOps and the origin of it is attributed uh, more, most commonly through Patrick Dubois, the Belgian guy. And then um, you know, between 2009 and 2012, it um, started blooming, really. A lot of people, um, you know, uh, contributed uh, to this discussion. People thought it was quite useful and uh, they started talking about it. Around 2012 was when analysts um, picked it up and it became a mainstream event. A lot of vendors pitched in and it just was then, you know, sort of uh, taken over by these vendors, the analysts and the thought leaders uh, from that moment on, uh, creating a lot of chaos between 2012 and 2015. So the two area, you know, era between 2012 and 15 is what I call as the era of chaos, right? Uh, there were, um, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, why I call it as era of chaos was there were too many choices that uh, to make. So people got really confused. A lot of bad decisions were made because, you know, uh, just because of the fear of being left out because DevOps was popular. Everybody wanted to do it. Uh, hardly, you know, uh, a few people knew what it really meant. And then there was messages from the vendor and the tools. And, you know, it's like, oh, uh, if you're doing this, you are doing DevOps. If you're using this tool, you are doing DevOps. And that's the reason why a lot of people, even, it, even if it did not make sense to them, uh, their organization, their product, they started picking up those tools, right? Uh, not a good thing to be, um, not a good, you know, era to be in really, I would uh, say, but that's what happened in that era. Um, you know, and between 2016 and 19, uh, DevOps has matured, I would say, quite a bit. Now, today, I love today because, you know, uh, in 2020, uh, DevOps, you know, is much simpler. Uh, there are only few practices that uh, I would recommend to everyone, which makes sense to most organizations and uh, very few choices of technologies. Some of those have already emerged as leaders. So the five practices that are commonly used are, and you can take any practice, any tool and categorize into these five things. 
most of that you tell me if that uh, that is wrong right the, uh, the way i categorize this is uh, i call this as five pillars of devops the first pillar is the cloud cloud is what made uh, a lot of startups possible and cloud gives you you know a lot of automation a way to scale quickly gives you multi region you know environment you know you can uh, it gives you disaster failure uh, fail you know resiliency and a lot of these uh, non functional requirements are met with cloud you can go and scale rapidly uh, test out your ideas and uh, just dominate the market um, you know um, if you have your infrastructure set on cloud the second practice is the infrastructure as a code these are the new generation tools which offer you this declarative interface tools such as uh, chef puppet which is what it started now ansible has emerged as uh, you know the most prominent tool there it is not only simple but it is also extremely powerful so i would definitely have you look at ansible if you have not already um it's one of the major major tools that you would use for infrastructure as a code tool uh talking about infrastructure as a code another tool which is quite useful is terraform uh it's it's a tool specialized for cloud automation cloud provisioning mainly a very interesting tool very useful tool so ansible and terraform is what i would pick up from that space cloud has aws azure and gcp and you can make choice based on your organization and uh, various other things there but all clouds are good uh you know um the third point third pillar of devops is what i call as cicd uh the continuous integration and delivery space jenkins is the boss there there are many other cool technologies and platforms but jenkins has its own uh space there and it dominates that market um it's a very cool tool to use and it has um, it's not been stagnant it has um, you know uh, they have introduced jenkins file a lot of automation pipelines and so on it's very exciting very nice tool um another tool which is emerging in the continuous delivery space a deployment tool specialized multi cloud deployment tool i would say is spinnaker so cloud infrastructure as a code cicd those three uh, remaining two and one of the most prominent practice of devops and the pillars of devops is containerization today and if you have not picked up docker and kubernetes the time to do that was yesterday so get started with it as quickly as possible because the software delivery entirely is moving to the world of containers uh so if you're not aware of kubernetes and docker um you definitely need to get started now right so those are the two dominating tools there and those are the things only uh, only things that you will have to bother about the final thing which we used to call as monitoring now is called as observability and monitoring is just one part of it it is the three types of observability system that you would set up one is the traces metrics the classic uh, monitoring that we do uh where we collect the you know the timestamp and the data let's say cpu at this part of time and you graph it uh the second is the logs logs is a treasure trove for troubleshooters um third is the distributed tracing with the emergence of these microservices you need to know where your request is stuck how long it takes from one service to another and the third and the fourth and so on so how does the request traverse and how long it takes in each span you can plot it you can visualize it and you can uh, it will help you a lot with troubleshooting microservices as well so observability wise you have three different types of systems metrics logs and traces now those are the five pillars that i spoke about 
first is the cloud second is the infrastructure as a code third is the ci cd fourth is continuization fifth is observability and those are the most prominent practices if you want to get started with devops today those are the things that you look at and it is much simpler the choice of technologies in each of this is also you know quite simple today and uh, that is the story of devops so far till date right and it was a brief story of devops as how i saw it uh, happen and uh, somewhere in 2012 was when i became that devops guy because you know that was the time when i quit my full time job and um, you know um, i started my own my own consulting firm now I, i i was not sure what i would call it uh, i was not even sure that i am the devops guy because uh, you know um, i thought of you know uh, doing the work that i knew Uh, I was a Linux expert. I had picked up technologies such as Puppet Chef, um, you know, cloud like AWS, building infrastructure on cloud, automating stuff, and so on. So I thought of calling it as cloud consultancy. But then when I started working and helping these clients, uh, they started calling me that DevOps guy. So if you want to get started with DevOps, if you want to automate this, if you want to do DevOps, um, you know, you can talk to this guy. And that's how I became DevOps engineer unknowingly. And that's when I actually start started getting interested. You know, what is this DevOps deal about? and that's when i realized oh it's the same thing but it's you know just been um categorized into a new word there's a new word for it and so on but it's essentially the operations picking up these new practices and uh, getting closer to the development getting overview of development and so on and that is how um i started with devops i became the devops guy and that is my story of devops and that was a story of devops and which should answer most of these questions who created devops it is attributed to patrick deboy because he started that conversation um when was it created in 2009 and it has evolved it has matured over the years and the most important part about devops which most people forget about is don't buy uh what vendors say about devops what you know somebody else says about devops devops is created by practitioners like you and i uh who you know uh who implement things who find some issues and they try to fix it uh when they fix it they share it with the world and there are certain technologies which will help you move faster fix those issues uh you know there are technologies which some of the you know uh most popular and successful companies have implemented so you go and reverse engineer and look at what they do and you try to see what makes sense to you so that is what doing devops is really about being devops engineer is all about it's an engineering practice you look at a situation you analyze it you implement something you see the results and then you go and repeat that process you make changes you make smaller changes you see the effects if it works for you you continue doing it and that's what um, you know uh, doing devops being a devops engineer is all about for me and that's my devops story if you like this story if you found this interesting do add your comments below if you want to get started with your own devops journey and if you want to make a career as a devops engineer or a site reliability engineer do come and meet me live during my next webinar and to sign up to my webinar you go browse to devops.pink/webinar devops.pink is how i share my link so devops.pink/webinar and yes if you are not already part of uh, the tribe of elite devops ninjas a private facebook community that school of devops runs 
do join us at devops.pink slash Facebook. That's it, folks, for today. And I'm going to see you in the next episode. So don't forget to tune in next. Thank you.